Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on December the 1st, 2011. Amazing how time flies, isn't it? For newcomers, I always suggest you make use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find hundreds and hundreds of audios for download for free. And you'll see a whole bunch of sites listed on that page too. These are the official sites I have. In fact, they're the only sites I have. You see my name elsewhere. Uh, it isn't mine. All the official sites I have are on, on that, that one there. And they all carry the same audios. They all carry transcripts as well for print up from a lot of the talks I've given. And you can also get uh, print ups in other languages if you go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu. And I always remind you, the audience, because it's like switching on a radio or whatever, you expect the same guy to be there every single day or night or whatever. And uh, one day, if it's not there, you, you say, what happened? And the fact is that no one or fewer people will donate. People expect everyone else to donate or to buy books or whatever it happens to be. So if you want to keep me going with this alternate uh, form of the media, where I fill in the blanks that the media omits on purpose, of course, because that's how information is put across to the public. It's not so much lies, it's simply the omission of the other side of the story, which gives you the full picture, obviously. And you're, and you're left thinking you already have the full picture. Why wouldn't the media give you all the story? Well, you see, the, the media, the regular big mainstream media, are owned by the same guys who own the world banks and the, the countries, actually. They own us all. And that's why. They've owned it, owned it for well over a hundred years, probably longer, in fact. So I have to set to those as to say you can buy the books and discs I have for sale at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. From the U.S. to Canada, you can still use a personal check or an international postal money order from your post office. You can use PayPal or some people send cash. And remember, straight donations are awfully welcome indeed as well. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal. But what I try to do, as I say on this broadcast, is to go through some of the histories of the organizations that first, at least publicly, um, uh, came to light when, when they, they published uh, some of their, their books from their members' meetings, really for the members too. And they got so cocky at the beginning of the 20th century, they, they thought, well, what's, the, what's the problem about putting some, uh, some of these books out into the public realm? Because they knew only that an upper class would basically read them, or university professors. And that's how we got to know about the Royal Institute of International Affairs. The guys that came up with the idea, they took over, of course, from an older idea, but basically it morphed into the Royal Institute of International Affairs. That that idea took over the world's resources, all of its resources, water, food, minerals, gold, silver, everything, of course, that has supposed value and things which are essential to life. And they they also decided to take over all media, and they would run the world according to the way that they saw fit because they, they said they were the fittest to run the world. They were very Darwinistic in their thinking and they believed that the rest of the public had not evolved 
probably never would evolve any further than already was, had, had taken place. That's really what they thought at the time. I don't think they've changed their minds since. And if you read the books by Quigley and others, especially Quigley, who was the historian for this group, you'll find out they caused wars. They talked about bringing on world wars to get everyone on their knees to give up their sovereign rights. And they were, they're the guys who came up with the idea of a united Europe, followed by a united America and the, the far, uh, far eastern Pacific Rim region as well. Coincidentally, it's strange that Karl Marx came up with his idea uh, about the same time as they were still called um, the Cecil Rhodes Block uh, before they morphed into the RIIA. And he talked about these blocks as well, because, you see, the same bankers run both sides of the argument. Every argument, in fact, pro and con, they run both sides. And when someone else is talking for you, why should you start up your own group when you think someone's talking for you? Oldest trick in the book works awfully well. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix. Over the years I've gone through some of the histories of the big gangs that became countries. And that's really what your country happens to be comprised of. It's a corporation really of the big, the big gang that went out against other gangs to make the country. And kings, queens, whatever you want to call them. And then the con that was invented to stop you having revolutions every few years called democracy. That's what it's for. It's a kind of safety valve, and you can yell a lot and, and, and wave banners and things like that and shove balloons and, and pop them and stuff like that. And it means nothing at all because all, all parties uh, are really on the same agenda. All presidents and prime ministers, according to Carl Quigley, Professor Carl Quigley, um, since the late 1800s have been a member of this group. All prime ministers and presidents across the world. Amazing. So it doesn't matter what, what group they pretend they belong to. There's only one agenda. And that's why the, the goal towards uh, the world's the globalist society, the world state, uh, it, it goes un, un, unimpeded because there is no opposition to it in reality. Everything is signed into law uh, by treaty, uh, party after party, and no one gets in and, and tears it up. Of course, you think they would do if they were really in opposition to things, but they don't. They're always on board somehow, magically, as soon as they get into power, whichever party it happens to be, with the same agenda, and you're under a form of global governance. Now, part of the biggest, uh, the biggest part of it really was, was complete financial control. If you've got financial control, you've got control of everything. Every president, prime minister that wants to go off to make wars, whatever they want to do, uh, has to go cap in hands and borrow from the international moneylenders. So another part, too, was central banking systems, private central banking systems. And eventually number three was to bring all those countries that did not have central banking systems, the private ones, uh, into, under submission, basically. That's what's happening in the Middle East right now, the consolidation of total power into the hands of one little gang. And it's not just uh, going across the world. You understand the war is upon all of you as well. The war is basically upon your minds. And if you look at the amount of money uh, that governments spend, uh, never mind giving out to universities, to professors, to, to try you know, thousands of experiments on the students and the general population, often unwittingly, in fact, they don't even know what's happening to them. 
uh, to see how human behavior can be manipulated in all forms, right down to the individual. Uh, it's, it's just staggering. They spend as much on that as they do with their wars, actually more, because it's more important to control you at home. If they can't control you at home, they can't control anything abroad for very long. So it's much more simple to give you a culture, uh, give you basic uh, rights and wrongs, uh, enforce it, of course, with punishments to, to make sure you get the message. But you always notice growing up there's a, this massive gap. You get to a certain level up into politics or banking or wealth, uh, and there's a different form of rules and laws and so on for the ones at the top where they, they, they get a, kind of a slap on the wrist, if that, even that, often with a joke attached to it. Whereas if you'd done whatever they'd done, you'd be in the slammer for years. So you're run by a big gang, you see. And I think the world's already always been run by gangs, to be honest with you. Because the psychopaths always end up seeking power and domination. Why go out and hunt and, and gather for yourself when you get other ones to do it for you? I mean, it's very simple, isn't it? And so you, you conquer a few people, make them slaves, and get them to do the work for you. And then you say, here's a thing called money. You start using that instead of barter. And then you decide how much it's worth. And you start taking chunks back in taxes. Before you know it, you own the whole lot anyway. I mean, it's a very simple game, really. Never mind all the nonsense of complications they have with their hedge funds and all these different funds they have. You'd have to literally go into a cyber world in your mind to try and figure it all out. These guys are experts in it because they've been brought up and trained since childbirth in it. That's why. They train their children this way. To always stay on top. Very simple. And quite a few years ago, too, I mentioned about the mud of money. See, you're very important, you understand. Every one of you is awfully important. You don't think so yourself, but you are. That's why the government's making sure that they've got all your phone calls, all your text messages uh, to and from all your friends and your sock puppets. And I'll talk about that later, too, because there's quite a good article out now on, on sock puppets where they can actually argue with you to make and make you feel ashamed if you catch on that they're actually a sock puppet. And you'll apologize. That's how far ahead they are with that stuff. But they're awfully, awfully, as I say, awfully, um, the government's so obsessed with you, knowing what you're doing all the time, 24 hours a day, because to get total control, everyone must be 100% predictable at all times. Now, a few years ago, I mentioned, too, that the Pentagon had, a, and as I read it from their own article, from released from the Pentagon, that they had a, a cyber world in the Pentagon, in a massive computer system where they have virtual yous and me's in it. And, and they're updated in real time with all the data that you voluntarily send out there, plus a lot of stuff is stolen as well from, by governments and other agencies and, and shoved in there. They have a complete personality profile which is updated every day on you. Don't you think you're awfully important for them to go to all that trouble? Mind you, they're using your tax money, so it's no problem at all. But anyway, it's vital because, you see, down the road, they know who's going to stand up and start saying the right things and can actually get across to people in a simplistic fashion and, and become a problem. Bertrand Russell, who helped design the present system we're living in today, who died years ago, but he designed this system, including its culture, as they dissolved the family unit and had us all rutting like rabbits across the place. He, he, he talked about this, and he said that those few, the few that they would sift at school, school is also a sifting process to find out who's got the not just the mentality and the intellect and the memory, but also the ability to converse and maybe a little bit of ego as well. If they wouldn't join the elite side, 
they'd have to eliminate them. That's what he says, we'll have to eliminate them. And so they sift you out at school by all those little tests that they give you and personality tests, etc. Are you going to be a problem down the road? If you are, they might drug you today until your, your brain starts shrinking. And, and apparently that's, that's good treatment by the psychiatric profession. You've got to understand why all this is going on. Why all of this is going on. Stand above all the things, all the data that's thrown at you every day. Ceaseless, ceaseless data by mainstream, mind you. Which you've forgotten in a week's time because you've a whole bunch of new data to consider and get angry about. And getting angry is part of it too. Kind of letting off steam. You know. But here's, not only the Pentagon has a virtual view, here's the Department of Homeland Security. So it wants all the information it has on you accessible from one place. Well, they already have it in the Pentagon. Why don't they just use that? Since information sharing or lack thereof between intelligence agencies has been a sensitive topic in the U.S. after 9-11, there was a push to create fusion centers, it's called fusion centers, so that local, state, and federal agencies could share intelligence, allowing the FBI, for example, to see if the local police have anything in the files in a particular individual. Now the Department of Homeland Security wants to create its own internal fusion center so that as many agencies can aggregate the data they have and make it searchable from a central location. You understand the power that gives anybody? Because not only do you come up with all your little silly texting and and your your emails and everything you've watched and and all the rest of it, they've also got your whole personality profile down there. What you you read, what you look at, everything. They're all about you. You see? You're in a zoo. You're in, the, you're in the human zoo here. It says the D, and actually, they look us like animals now because imagine having the power to go into every, anybody's classified stuff and, and seen it all. There's, there's a whole person, you know. Everything about them. And it says the DHS is calling it a federated information sharing system and asked its privacy advisory committee to weigh in on the repercussions at a public meeting in D.C. last month. So... It says that they're using a committee comprising of an unpaid group of people from the world of corporate privacy, as well as the civil liberty community. So, so they've already got a gang to okay it, you know. Uh, they supposedly represent you, even though none of, none of you are going there to be asked to, to what you think about it all. So that's a, a done deal. And, and as I say, they've already got it in the Pentagon, and I'm sure they have them elsewhere as well. But I'll put that up tonight for anybody who really cares. I don't think a lot of folk do today because youngsters actually don't mind. That's how fast they've, they've trained the youngsters. So fast, only a few years, and they think that privacy, who needs privacy anyway? They have no idea of what tyranny is. Or the horrors that always follow tyranny. They have no idea. Because they're ignorant. They've been kept. Kept ignorant in school. By, by design, you know. You, you don't get education to make you break free the system by saying, my God, this, this is all fraud and expose it. No, you're given education uh, so that you could uh, work either a basic machine. That's why they started education for most folk. To work a basic machine and follow basic instructions. And then you get your penny novels to keep you occupied, you can go around in circles. And then the elite, of course, are given a different set of rules, books, and all the rest of it, and a different reality. So anyway, that's that. So now, it's, it's, quite, it's quite something to see what's happening. Now, WikiLeaks came out with 160 firms' surveillance gear uh, documents, sales documents, and it says... Um, 
WikiLeaks is still not in secret, is still in the secret spilling business, but not apparently in the business of accepting those secrets through the anonymous Dropbox that it once had. The site on Thursday unveiled a new uh, trove of 287 documents it's calling the Spy Files, a collection of 287 digital surveillance firms, marketing materials, Priceless and Catalogues, a joint effort with the Bugged Planet, the Bureau of Investigative Journalism and Privacy International, and with a new cadre of media partners, including the Washington Post, the Hindu, the Italian paper L'Espresso, and the French news outlet OWNI. The document sorted by company name and dozens of types of surveillance, such as spyware, Wi-Fi, interception, cell phone, forensics are broken down on the new page of WikiLeaks site. Now, I'll put these links up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com website for those who want to have a, a little, have a little gander at it, as you say. And I'll also put one up too for the surveillance catalogue where you can see where, where governments get their, their tools and how they're all hacking into you all the time and you have no clue that they're doing it all the time. All the time, folks. And uh, I'll give you a list of the companies that they actually employ for this and quite a few other ones as well across the world. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix and talking about how governments and all their different agencies, right down to your local police now, are hacking you all the time to see what you're up to and see, to get personality profile. They want to know everything that you do. And of course you know that they can, they can listen in as well and they, they, of course they're all using their cameras now. Everyone's been trained to use cameras so they can watch what you're doing as well and they can also listen to what's happening even when you think that things switched off. But anyway, uh, the thing is a spy and it's put, it's put out there deliberately as a spy system. They talked about this in the 70s and 80s. Brzezinski talked about it between two ages. A coming system, a coming system of information that would radically and drastically alter the world and how things would work. And here it all is, like they didn't know. They knew exactly where they were heading with this because they'd obviously been using advanced stuff themselves for an awful long time. But they give you the, the little stuff starting off with, with, with the basics, that's the slow computers and your floppy disk and all that, just to make you think they were just, were just you know, evolving. It's evolving. Here's the latest thing we've got. They were using stuff like that we're using today years ago, years and years ago. That's how they were so sure they could bring in this system. Because remember, between everything that they give you, there's a purpose. If it was detrimental to them, you'd never have had it. You would never have had it given to you. Never. You know, they had debates in Britain and elsewhere, even ancient Greece at one time. Should the, should the public be taught how to read and write? Debates about it. And, and segments of, of nobility and the upper class thought it could be a dangerous thing if they learned to read and write and and, and find out, you know, how the rest of the world and previous philosophers and things, they might get, they might get ideas. So that's really how, how things are. Things are given for a political and a social agenda. Not, not you, you are the body social, but you're controlled by those who own you, basically. Stock and barrel, lock, stock and barrel. This article here goes on to say at Forbes magazine, mass interception of entire populations is not only a reality, it is a secret uh, new uh, industry spanning 25 countries. 
It says international surveillance companies are based in the more technologically sophisticated countries and they sell their technology onto every country in the world. This industry is, in practice, unregulated. Intelligence agencies, military forces and police authorities are able to silently and en masse and secretly intercept calls and take over computers without the help or knowledge of the telecommunication providers. Users' physical location can be tracked if they're carrying a mobile phone, even if it's only on standby. Included amongst leaked documents are those from major companies like Alcatel, Lucent, Nokia, Siemens, HP, and dozens of smaller firms. But they're all at it, actually, and they're all selling your data, too. You know. But just how much previously unknown surveillance is revealed in a document isn't clear, given that the last months already saw several major exposés of gear from Western tech firms sold to repressive regimes for censorship and spying. What is a repressive regime these days? Have you ever wondered about that? You know, how many, how many times did, did, did uh, going back over the years, did even Ronald Reagan call other countries the great Satan? Who's the great Satan now, kids? Yeah. Do you ever think the folk living in those countries thought they were the, the, themselves were the great Satan? Any more than you think you are? Well, your government hops across the world and blows things up and plunders countries of oil and water? Of course they don't. But who is the great Satan now? Anyway, and, and what is a, a repressive regime? A repressive, look at the, into the documentaries done about the East German Stasi. There's some excellent documentaries out there, and the ones from Soviet Russia. One in every four people uh, said eventually in, this, uh, in, in East Germany was a spy. The Wall Street Journal last month, month dumped a similar cache of surveillance firm materials releases from the hacker group uh, Telecomics and the Canadian research group Citizen Lab and have revealed that Blue Coats technology in Syria and Burma, that's, that's one of the, the companies that's using this stuff, while well, Bloomberg reports that the NetApps, HP, Cosmos, and Ultimaco all sold gear that was found in Syria's surveillance complex. So you understand, I've said before, everything out there is part of the military-industrial complex, even that little common brand computer that you bought. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. How can the big boys, too, who, who manipulate the stock exchange, uh, give you the same system? As, of course they don't use the same system that you're using. Of course they don't. The stock market has been rigged from the beginning, even before they use computers. You should read some of the stories on it. They're quite fascinating, some quite hilarious too. Power must make sure of its own survival so it doesn't allow competition in any free market base at all. Could never do that. And I'm telling you one thing, there's an unbroken lineage of these same creeps uh, running the world's finances and causing wars that have gone on for hundreds and hundreds of years. Unbroken lineages of them. Now, I'll put these links up, as I say, at cuttingthroughmatrix.com tonight, plus one to do with how to disable the carrier, uh, the tracking device in your your cell phone if you're using one. So uh, hopefully it will work for, for some of you, maybe most of you. And um, this article here, too, says, Do not be deceived. Uh, S1867 is the most dangerous bill since the Patriot Act. It says the bill was replaced by the one introduced on the 15th of November, S1867, 
Today, Ron, uh, Rand Paul says of Kentucky and Senator John McCain or Arizona faced off on the floor of the Senate over a proposed amendment to S-1867. The minimal coverage of this bill is getting in the corporate control of the establishment media, especially when it comes to the massive danger it poses to everything America was built upon, and it's nothing short of deplorable. Uh, says, uh, this amendment would, according to Senator Paul, put every single American citizen at risk. Every single American citizen at risk. That's home and abroad. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix talking about this bill, uh, 1867S1867, which is going to put all Americans at risk and uh, basically then hold you indefinitely in prison you and all the rest of it, just like they were doing with terrorists. And remember too, the term terrorism can be expanded to mean anything they want it to mean uh, whatsoever. It doesn't really matter. Anything at all. Imagination is the limit. And... Here's an article interesting that ties in with what I'm talking about tonight, too. It's about privacy. Talk about privacy. If you don't have privacy, you see you've got nothing. And because you have the right as an individual, a distinct sentient being, uh, to have the right of privacy. And, uh, of course, we're watching it all being stripped away. Most people do it quite happily because they don't care to dwell as they're enjoying themselves surfing away. They're being watched and spied on. Uh, and uh, that, that's the problem with democracy. The, the elite like democracy because they know the bulk of the population will always go the way that they want them to go. It doesn't say much for those that are left who have minds of their own and who tend to be individualistic. Uh, we're forced to go along with them, basically, by law. Well, the rest of them haven't complained. What's your problem? You know, That's what they always say. That's what they said at airports, too. Well, no one in this lineup is complaining except you. Mm-hmm. That's what, they, that's what they love, democracy, when it suits them. Now, so here's the articles here. It's about pedophilia. Now, pedophiles have always been around, and the cops always know who they are because they can't, they can't stop themselves. They're predators, and they start very early on and, and get a good portfolio on, on themselves in the police banks, data banks, early on. So they use pedophiles, and anything at all that can be used uh, to terrify the public, uh, or again for the children, in a culture that doesn't like children anymore, it's quite funny. They, in fact, they exploit them all. Uh, but uh, they always use the children to save the children. We can't have any rights at all because there's pedophiles out there who go after the children, and that's the excuse they're using uh, now to to give you no privacy whatsoever and the right to hack you. By the way, the pedophiles. So the majority have to get hacked for a minority. You see, now that was the same kind of mentality that ran the Soviet system and the Stasi system as well. If one person did something wrong, it was a collective punishment, basically. So privacy is for pedos. Paul McMullen shocks Livison inquiry over a hacking culture. We live in a hacking culture now, you see. 
and it says, uh, former News of the World reporter Paul McMillan has said phone hacking was a schoolyard trick and declared that the privacy is, that privacy is for pedos, meaning pedophiles, an explosive testimony before, before the Levison inquiry. In 20 years of invading people's privacy, this guy's a professional invader of people's privacy, you know. I've never actually come across anyone who's been doing any good, he told the hearing in London on Tuesday. So, as far as he's concerned, we're, we're all scum, right? He's been hacking folk for 21 years, but he's never come across anyone who's been doing any good. Privacy is a space bad people need to do bad things in, he says. So privacy is for pedos. Fundamentally, nobody else needs it, folks. There you go. I knew this would come along. I, knew, I saw them going to use this particular angle all along. That's why they, that's why they turn them out of court and put their names in the paper and say, well, the judge lets them go free and let's take y'all ticked off and get, get the few mums out there that, that still really care, terrified that this guy is in the neighborhood. So we all have to lose her. So they've used terrorism and now it's pedophilia, you see. And it says, McMullen, who worked at the now defunct paper for seven years, explained uh, that not W journalists routinely hacked voicemails for the editors, Rebecca Brooks and Andy Coulson. They would casually swap private numbers between themselves. They recalled, I think I swapped Sylvester Stallone's mother for David Beckman. Beck Beckham. So easy to do, eh? He remained entirely unrepentant of his tabloid habits, describing his enjoyment of hounding famous people. Absolutely loved giving chase to celebrities. Before Dinah died, it was such good fun. He turned on his former editors, calling Rebecca Brooks and Andy Coulson the scum of journalism for trying to drop me and my colleagues in it by claiming that they did not know about the illicit practice. He particularly singled out Andy Coulson, an embarrassment for David Cameron, who hired him as an advisor. Well, what do you expect from Cameron or anybody else in that position? They're all scum. They're all scum. He said, my assertion has always been that Andy Coulson brought that practice wholesale with him when he was appointed deputy editor. So anyway, everybody's hacking and hacking away. But that's the big one too. And of course, the government's trying to use it too. Well, you see, if we have privacy, then the pedos, the pedos will just go at it. And you understand too, that even before anyone touched the computer, I certainly, I certainly knew there was lots of pornography. That's all, that's all the mainstream let you know about it. That's all I knew. That's why I went, didn't go near it. I said, I don't need that. I don't need that filling my head. There's lots of pornography. Every newspaper and the planet blasted that out for years. Lots of pornography to make sure everybody got sucked into it, you see. And now once that's happened, oh, but there's pedophiles, pedophilia out there. Oh, children aren't safe. But none of it, nobody can have privacy. They know who the pedophiles are. They know who they all are. Uh, but anyway, you know, we're living in an age where we're seeing the old, it's, it's almost like the old Meyer Lansky days, you know. Uh, it's, it's really quite something to live in the, uh, the times when powerful people make, make statements that are, they come right out of the rolling 20s and in the 30s. Mayor Bloomberg, New York, says, I have my own army in the NYPD. That's what you said, eh? Last night, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg spoke at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. During the MIT speech, he explained why he didn't want to run for president, which included boasting of having his own army in the NYPD. 
I've got my own army in the NYPD, which is the seventh biggest army in the world. I have my own State Department, much too foggy bottoms annoyance. We have the United Nations in New York, and so we have an entree into the, uh, the, the diplomatic world that Washington does not have, said Bloomberg. It's just, it really is. It's like the stuff that uh, uh, Bugsy Siegel would say, or Lansky would say. It's all there. Nothing's changed, folks. <laughs> Nothing's changed at all. Nothing has changed. Amazing, isn't it? And folk, it goes through their heads, you know, and never, you understand that there's gangs running you. <laughs> there's gangs running you. They're on all sides of everything. They're on the legal system, you see. To, a legal system is almost like a, a safety net for their own. When their own get caught in anything, they get them off with it. And to put any competition away, any, in a little bottom feeding competition, puts them away. That's what legal systems for. Then they have the illegal system, the hit men and the, the guys that do dirty, wet jobs, etc., as they call them, uh, rub you out. And they use your security agencies for that. That's what runs the world. Another article too. I've mentioned for years that eventually all this homeland security, etc., and ID is, is to hem you in, not to let you out. And that started really with all the gunboats that went on the Great Lakes, between Canada and the U.S., all these dozens and dozens of souped-up gunboats with this massive cannon on them and the whole bit, looking for the occasional Chinese uh, illegal immigrant coming across the, the border. Uh, it didn't make any sense, of course, but this was to protect against terrorism. A navy on the Great Lakes. And I said, this is all to keep you in. It's not, it's not, it's not to keep anybody in. It's to keep you all in, folks. See, in this new world order, Jack Satali said it. He said eventually, uh, there'll be those trying to get out the, the countries like America, looking for work abroad. They will be the next boat people, he says. He said that back in, what, 1990? At, from the United Nations. Because they knew the whole agenda. Once I've sucked you dry, used all your military machinery, all your young guys, loaded you with taxation and debt, you know, you'll be looking for work abroad. And you're here, you can't get out. Airline hikes fares 600%. Try that for starters. This draws Senator's ire, it says. It says, U.S. Senator Bob Casey says a big fare increase planned by U.S. Airways is exorbitant. Well, I'm glad he, he's got some terminology left to, 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 as an adjective to, to show you what it means. 600%. So this is the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reports Wednesday that Casey sent a letter to the company questioning the planned increase in the Pittsburgh to Philadelphia route. That's just one route. Round trip is set to rise from $118 to $698 in January after competitor Southwest Airlines dropped, dropped the route. That's before taxes. Plus you've got your carbon taxes on top. I don't have to do that in the States yet. They're doing Canada, I think. Quite something though, isn't it? Eh? And in Canada too, they've just made a deal. I'll put this up tonight as well. Where US uh, police can come in and uh, go across Canada doing what they want to do uh, fully armed. So there you go, Canada. The cowboys here. Quite something, eh? Quite something. Living to see it all, and most folk will forget it all by the next morning. When they get all the trivia thrown at them. Lots and lots and lots of trivia. The tin blue line. The tin blue line, and this is the new stuff that the police in Britain have uh, put on display for the public to see for the first time where they can really cut whole streets off 
with these um, folding massive shields that they put up. And um, it's like something out of Spartacus or something. You know, look at those old movies with all the shields in front of them. This is a, a big, big structure that unfolds like an accordion, and it goes right across the whole street. And uh, it's to, it's, they're made of metal, so I don't know if they're bulletproof or what. Not that anybody's got guns over there except gangs and, and the bad guys uh, and the cops. <laughs> but uh, it's, I guess I'll stop the firebombs and all the rest of it, the stuff that's still to come down the road when everyone's had enough. Because they know it's coming, and I read the article of... Uh, Earlier on in the week or last week, we'd actually said riots are coming. Big riots are coming, folks. But they're all ready for it. They don't sit up there saying, you know, how's the, how, how are the cattle today? Well, the grazing piece of, no, they've got to make sure uh, that they've got everything ready for the next big upheaval, which they will cause themselves by massive taxation, massive taxation, and, and throwing more billions across the planet against global warming and stuff like that. And then the folk have nothing more to eat. That's what it's all for. They're all ready for it. They're all ready for it. And much more. They have been since the, 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 the miners' strikes in the 1980s. Yep. And you think they're all, they're, they're all getting ready, and Thatcher was all getting ready for a, a war with the Soviet Union. It was all to do with what's happening. Keep keeping order at home. They can't lose control. The first law in all government or governance, doesn't matter what you call it anymore today, is power. The power that controls must always, by all means and every means, stay in control. And so they spend just as much money and more making sure that everybody is under their control, even when you don't know you are. Now, it's <laughs> not a bad article. Is the global warming scare the greatest delusion in history? Now, I've gone through the history of this too. The Club of Rome were the guys who came up with the idea for a social agenda, a political agenda, on behalf of the United Nations for the transference of wealth from countries that had more cash to those that had less. Not to help the peasants in one country or another, but to basically put into the coffers of their own international corporations in different countries. But anyway, it's going, it's going great because the warming thing fell flat in its face. And even all their fear-mongering this year also fell flat in its face. I won't stop them, though. They've already got the deals signed where we've got to cough up more and more of our cash to, to fend, off, fend off all the, the, the climate change. Everyone's going to get an umbrella one of these days. Umbrellas, you know, suntan lotion across the world. Maybe that'll, that's how they'll settle it, you know. And we'll get little... Little uh, fans, as I say, we can fan and try and cool the planet if it's cooling. And maybe we can get massive, massive wool cardigans made up to put across fields and things to warm up the earth when it's too cold. See? What a farce. What a farce. Anyway, the scare over man-made global warming is not only the scientific scandal of a generation, but a suicidal flight from reality. And it says, to grasp the almost suicidal rate of unreality... Our government has been driven into the obsession with global warming. It's necessary to put together two sides to an overall picture, each vividly highlighted by events of recent days. On one hand, there's the utter lamentable state of the science, which underpins it all, illuminated again uh, by Climate Gate 2. Climate Gate 2, of course, the latest exposure. On the other hand, we see the damage done by the political consequences of this scare, which will directly impinge in various ways on all our lives. It's hard to know where to begin. 
And he starts off with the Sunday Telegraph's exclusive uh, from Prince Philip over the folly of government's infatuation with useless windmills. Uh, even drunks can come out with some true statements. Then came an ex- excruciatory uh, report from the House of Lords on how we have so run down our nuclear expertise that it's doubtful whether we can hope to run a new generation of nuclear power stations. So, where's the power going to come from? Next, there was a report from a leading Swiss bank. This is an interesting one, uh, finding that the, the Economic Union Parliament, the Parliament, the super Soviet they have in, over in Union, over in Europe, uh, their emissions trading scheme has wasted $287 billion, which is £186 billion over six years, which was all paid for, for the taxpayer, to achieve nothing in terms of reducing carbon emissions. It's to make profit with the guys that trade on it. <laughs> of course it always was. Been saying that for years. There was also a front-page story in another newspaper warning that, as readers of this column have long been aware, within nine years we could all be paying nearly £300 a year to subsidise solar panels and those same useless windmills. And then he says, let's start, however, with a form of insanity, which has so far made few headlines, a government policy which in the next few years will inflate the cost of a new home in Britain by as much as 66%. And he goes through it all. It's, it's lamenting that the, the house buildings is lowest since two th- 1920s. So they go into this new uh, zero-carbon home. So they're, they're going to insulate to high heaven, up the cost by an incredible amount of money, until no one can afford to buy them. And even if you can, the taxes on them that the government's going to love, of course, is going to be astronomical. It's one scam after another. Who who benefits from it all? Who benefits? Well, the guys who make the windmills, the guys that make the, the, the solar uh, p- uh, panels, which are all made in China now, they're cheaper. Panels, by the way, don't last much longer than, eight, than 10. You're lucky to get 10 years out of them. That's expensive ones. You need to replace them all. And the guys who make insulation and all the rest of it, these are the guys who make all the profits out of it. These are the guys that lobby governments. They're all on the green side. They love green. It's a, a paper submitted by the government by Caller, that's one of the big gas companies, points out that a polluting wood-fired boiler costs £11,000, while air source heat pumps cost £15,000, and ground source pumps cost £18,000, have both been shown to be seriously inefficient. So all their great ideas for alternative sciences are all massively expensive and, and, and pretty well useless. Pretty well useless. It won't stop them, though. It won't stop them. And once the, the last nuclear plants are down, uh, and yeah, nuclear is bad. Nuclear is bad, there's no doubt about it. But I'll tell you, what else are you going to heat yourself with down the road there? Huh? When they stop the, you stop, you, you can't use coal, you can't use this, you can't use that. Maybe that's the big culling they're all crying for. Maybe that'll be that. They'll die in your sleep. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through matrix. We'll go to Aaron from Nevada, if he's still there. Are you there, Aaron? Yes, Hello. thank you very much. Um, yes. You know, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on the European uh, bond crisis right now. Do I see it? It's like a like the federal states of Europe being created with the taxing authority 
collect from all of them, uh, you know, on that federal type of basis. Yeah. So what you thought of how things are going there is that. It's right on schedule. In fact, you hit it on, on the head, actually, because the first name that they're going to give it um, when they wrote some of their books, out, you actually get it on the websites uh, on the Royal Institute of International Affairs at Chatham House. Uh, they were going to call it the Federation of Europe. And uh, that was the first term they used. The World Federalist Society, by the way, also came up with the same idea for Europe and the Americas, was to follow them. You should call them Pan-American. Now it's, it's just uh, NAFTA and GATT and, 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 and uh, you know, free trade, etc. And the Far East, Eastern bunch as well. But they're all drafted up by the one institution, which is the Council on Foreign Relations or Royal Institute of International Affairs. Same thing. Uh, they, they actually boasted they drafted the one up for North America on national television in Canada in, uh, I think it was 1995, um, uh, they, they boasted about it. Uh, no, 2005, sorry. Uh, they boasted. They, and they came out as the Council on Foreign Relations saying, yeah, we drafted this up, this, these treaties, and, and the prime ministers and presidents signed them into law for the amalgamation of the Americas. I've still got the tape here, by the way, the videotape. I played it over uh, shortwave Patriot Radio um, about a week after it was presented. It didn't show in the U.S., so I played it over the radio so the U.S. could get an idea that your president had just signed you into an amalgamation that was to integrate completely, just like Europe, into this new federation for the Americas. But you're quite right. And it's also technocratic. There's a so-called political science called technocracy. And when you go into the history of it from the 20s and 30s, they again say it would be a rule by a banking elite, which Rockefeller's on board with, a rule by them, you see, and experts in finances, and then run by experts all the way down like a pyramid down to the bottom. Uh, politicians would gradually get phased out of the picture, and the public would be trained gradually not to expect politicians uh, to be there at all. And that's happening now. They've already done it in some countries, as you've noticed, in Europe. Uh, they've just appointed guys that work for the World Bank and, and the European Private Central Bank straight in as prime ministers of countries. And, uh, and again, they stack uh, the guys below them with appointees. So appointees are the wave of the future. Um, this is also found on the Club of Rome's website. If you go in there, you'll find uh, articles about the, the post-consumerist, uh, post-democratic societies. And the, the only way they can get this in this, to run this world properly is through an authoritarian world regime. Well, that's you're living through this being implemented right now. And crisis is a technique to 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 give them the excuse to bring it on. They love crisis. They they and the CFR. I've lost count of so many folk who've used the same term from the CFR. Even Hillary Clinton used it. How can we make a good use of this crisis? So they never let crisis go to waste. And so they create crisis. It's for the public to believe that we're all falling apart, must give up all our rights. We must put the bankers in charge of the cash. Uh, it's for our benefit we see all this, not for theirs. They, they planned it this way. Ordo ab chaos. Create the chaos, bring in the order. That's what it's all about. Very, very simple. It's working very well. They're right on, on cue with it too. Yeah. But thanks for calling. And from Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you. Remember, help me out too and donate. And I need some new equipment here. Thank you. <laughs>